You're listening to a Roddenberry Podcast. I'm Alexandra August, and I bid you welcome, for this is Sci-Fi 5, your five minutes of science fiction history for May 26th. It was 124 years ago today that Simon Belmont overcame great challenges to successfully defeat Dracula. No, strike that. Actually, it was today, back in 1897, that Dracula, the literary masterpiece by Bram Stoker, was published in London by Archibald Constable and Company. For the price of six shillings, readers found themselves captivated by the epistolary novel from the Irish author, a story told through personal letters and telegrams of Count Dracula's nefarious plot to spread his evil from his native home of Transylvania to England. Stoker's novel also served to help shape vampire lore for generations to come, to say nothing of providing countless fodder for stage, film, comic book, and video game adaptations. Bram Stoker's novel would be influenced by many different literary and historic sources, as well as being the result of over seven years' worth of research on various folklore concerning vampires and the undead. The original manuscript that Stoker delivered was simply entitled The Undead, but it was the villain of the tale who the author decided should have the honor of the title for his book. After a change in name, of course, as the moniker of Stoker's original character was Count Vampire. That was before his research introduced him to Vlad III, or as he was known in his native region of Wallachia, Vlad the Impaler, or Vlad Dracula, which translated into Son of the Dragon. Since the family was a member in standing of the Order of the Dragon, all of this is commonly known. But were you aware that Stoker based the mannerisms of Dracula upon another real-life individual? Before Bram Stoker panned Dracula, he was the friend and right-hand man of celebrated English stage actor Sir Henry Irving, the first actor to be given the honor of a knighthood. The thespian took delight in overseeing all creative aspects of the West End's Lyceum Theatre, from appointing the cast, stage direction, lighting, and of course, taking on the lead role of each production. Stoker was left to manage the business end of the Lyceum. It was Irving who suggested to his friend and personal secretary, after closing a rather unsuccessful tour throughout Scotland in July of 1890, that he should pay a visit to the seaside town of Whitby, a location that Sir Henry Irving knew well, as he had once operated a circus there. While rooming at Six Royal Crescent, Stoker would take walks during the morning around the town and surrounding area, including the ruins of Whitby Abbey, a setting that would figure into his 1897 novel when Dracula, in the form of a massive canine, bounds up the 199 steps of the abbey to St. Mary's Cemetery. Stoker would write down a handful of the names on the tombstones of said cemetery to be included in his novel. The author also managed to collect the folklore and tall tales from the residents and sailors of Whitby, to say nothing of noting real-life events, such as the grounding of the Dimitri near Whitby in 1885. Seven years later, in the pages of Dracula, however, the doomed fictional vessel carrying the undead count and his boxes of grave dirt was named the Demeter. It bears noting that the real-life inspiration as well as the fictional ship were even carrying the same cargo, that of silver sand. What of the inspiration for the Count, though? There are slightly conflicting reports on how Bram Stoker learned of Vlad Dracula, whether it was before his vacation in Whitby or during his frequent visits to the Library of London. Most fans of Stoker's literary undead villain agree that it was none other than Sir Henry Irving that served as the inspiration for Dracula, as it was the author's goal to pen a stage play for his friend to perform. Not a novel. The play, which was entitled Dracula or the Undead, performed only once on the morning of May 18th of 1897, did not go over well. 
It has been said that Sir Henry Irving refused to take part in what turned out to be merely a dramatic reading of Stoker's play. And while this might sound like a disaster, the real goal was to ensure that the author had secured the rights to any future adaptations of his novel, which was published eight days later. When Dracula was published in the UK on May 26th of 1897, it appears that readers and even some critics reacted quite favorably, but it was far from a bestseller. That wouldn't happen until a new audience embraced the novel in the 20th century. You can bet that Stoker's novel will be influencing filmmakers and writers for generations to come. This has been 5 Minutes of Science Fiction History, your daily Sci-Fi 5 for May 26th. Sci-Fi 5 is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment, executive producer Rob Roddenberry. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.rottenberry.com.